Hello. Welcome to Happy Tears. I'm Brandon. And I am Nick, and this is Happy Tears, a podcast where two sensitive boys talk about the art that they love so much so that it often brings them to tears. Today on the podcast, we are doing a rewind, a recap, a review, if you will, of the first six months of 2020 in music. It's been a weird year. Nothing has ever happened like this year. (laughs) Music releases are different. Movie releases are different. But we have gotten some pretty great music in this weird time. So we're going to go through some of our favorites month by month. So come along with us. Let's bump some jams. This is Happy Tears. Pump up the jams. So... Best music, favorite music, top music of 2020 so far. Uh, Brandon, what are the rules? How are we doing this? All right. So it's kind of thinking it would be fun to go by a month and just start out in January and work our way through June. Kind of each of us highlighting some of the albums we like and then picking uh, a favorite that stood out to us. So I set those ground rules first and then uh, like all rules, they're meant to be broken and uh we might break some later on but in general we'll have one per month once may and june come around everything might you know rules might go out the window lots of uh yeah lots of good stuff towards the end there baby yeah so anyways we'll highlight uh one and probably mention a uh a specific song that we want to share from that and uh or we might defer those picks for later on in the conversation we will see good news good news good news that's all they want to hear no they don't like you when i'm done but when i'm flying no it make them so uncomfortable so different what's the difference Let's start with January, Nick. All right, January 2020. I'm shocked looking at your list how you have so many because I don't remember this much music coming out in January. The only thing that really you know stuck out to me was Mac Miller's posthumous album, Circles. So for me, I, I think I've talked a little bit about my relationship with Mac in the last year or so, um, but I was kind of lukewarm on Mac Miller in general. Uh, for most of his career. I thought of him as kind of like this grinning, childish, frat rap party kid. Uh, (laughs) Really, up until his death, which was eventually ruled an accidental overdose last year. After he died, that's kind of when I saw his Tiny Desk concert and dove into his album Swimming, which was released a few months before his death. And it was just a light, you know, the, the switch flipped. I realized the amount of sadness, wisdom, mental health struggles, and the depth that Mac had been been working with leading up to his death. Um, and so his posthumous album, Circles, which came out in January, continues a lot of these kind of thematic trends as Swimming, the one that came out before he died, and serves as uh, a satisfying, to me, a satisfying farewell to an artist that was just about to really take off into the stratosphere 
of his prime. If this is the last thing we ever get from Mac Miller, which is pretty likely, I mean, some you know artists. I think Prince still has music coming out. You know, oh, so yeah. he's who got knows vaults what on the vaults fu- on vaults. <laughs> right. <laughs> so who knows what the the future holds? But if this is the 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 final piece of work we get from Mac Miller, I think that Once a Day, the final track on this album, is an appropriate swan song that's made all the more poetic in its finality. Once a day I rise Once a day I fall asleep with you Once a day I try but I can't find a single word wonder what they know I wonder if they ever even cared at all I wonder do they Once a day is really a man that in this context now after his death recounting how he spent his days um, and a lot of it is is you know internal internally battling his insecurities understanding looking at the world and seeing that everyone's in a rush Every now and again, getting high. Every now and again, baby, I get high. You know, recognizing growth when it happens. Uh, sometimes you have writer's block. Um, he just it's, it's a little stream of consciousness at times, and then it ends. Kind of abruptly, as things often do. Um, and so we are now in a world without Mac Miller, possibly without anything else, you know, for him to give us. And uh, it is my pick for January because... I will miss him. Yeah, man. I'm with you. It's a, it's a beautiful album. And then I thought a, a really great send-off because a lot of these albums that get released like this um, turn out to come out pretty flat because the ideas weren't finalized. And oftentimes they could seem a little lacking or, or unfinished. But this, uh, with the help of John Bryan, I thought this was a, a really great release. Everybody keep rushing Why aren't we taking our time what do you got? Yeah, so I got um, just a few here. I want to highlight, uh, there's an album that came out early uh, called Sweet for Max Brown by uh, Jeff Parker. He's a uh, a guitar player. So this, this album features a lot of jazz guitar and it's just, I feel like a very fresh take on it. It kind of melts elements of jazz, funk, hip hop, rock, uh, and more in, in this jazz album. And um, it's from the guitarist of the Chicago band Tortoise, uh, Ethan Gruska put out a um, pretty awesome album called On Guard. He's a, a singer-songwriter that will probably come up again in this conversation. But he has uh, some pretty incredible production and, and great features on that. And then Pine Grove had a, an album called Marigold that came out, which I thought had some really bittersweet and cathartic moments. And it was a great indie rock album with some, some solid songwriting on it. Uh, my highlight of the month was the album The Neon Skyline by Andy Schauf. We covered earlier in the year on the podcast, so if you haven't listened to that, go check it out. Did you me off of my couch So we could sit here in silence Until we say goodnight He says we need a change of scene Let's go to the bar around the corner Where it's always dark and as we're putting our money down Claire's asking Charlie if we're hitting the town He says we're making our way to the moon And we're taking off soon 
Yeah, I really, really love the narrative format of this album. I feel like once you're familiar with this story, these characters kind of feel like friends and I always want to return to them. I can kind of throw this on. It's kind of a comfort album at this point where I can throw it on anytime and kind of listen to the the whole thing and, and follow along and this night with the, with the characters. The Moon was the track that I wanted to uh, highlight on here as we've we highlighted a bunch on our previous podcast but i really love the way that this particular song is formatted and there's these like moments it's not really a chorus it's just i'm making my way to the moon is a part of it but it, it kind of just it's like these small kind of choruses or whatever but I, I i like the way that it's formatted and the melody of that February. Up next, uh, I'll go ahead and start with this one. I have uh, first Tame Impala, The Slow Rush, which we also covered with our uh, boy Homage. Uh, That was a super fun podcast for me, and I think it was a a cool experiment for us as uh, featuring a guest on that, so I like that. And then my highlight of the month is Denzel Curry and Kenny Beats. Uh, Their album Unlocked uh, was just super fun. It was it was short, it was colorful, it was rowdy. It just feels like friends making a fun project. It's, it's nice to throw on and just have a good time. The song I'm highlighting from that is uh, it's called Diet. I mentioned it last time on the, or when I talked about this song before, but how there's like a segment that's like, reminds me of DMX. But it's super fun and, and love that track. I love both of those albums. For my picks, so I I went back and forth with these. I didn't really have a February pick outside of Denzel and Tame Impala. So in the last couple of days, I've had to kind of search for one. And the, literally yesterday, I listened to the album by Tennis called Swimmer. Have you listened to that at all? Oh, yeah. I do, uh, I do like that dude, album I, a lot. I am super into it. The biggest problem for me is I don't really know why. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's nothing about it that super stands out to me. Like, it just feels in, right in terms of it just feels right, dude. <laughs> there's something about it that everything just kind of clicks. I should go right on into my March pick, right? We're sort of trading off. Oh, man, another big personal one. You ready? (laughs) That's all I'm here for. All right, so my March pick, Childish Gambino's 3-15-20. So those that know me know that I can't really resist talking about my boy, Donald Glover. This is possibly... The last Gambino album ever, we don't really know. He may be retired from music. It's all up in the air. That's part of his mystique. This album, you know, when you compare it to his previous 
efforts, it'll be found lacking. For me, Awaken My Love is like a nearly perfect album. And because the internet is like an extremely formative album for like my early 20s. So I have deep personal connections to both of them. And I think really on a pretty objective music uh, review, I think they're just more complete works of art. Even for a super fan like me, like this one is a little more hit and miss. Uh, But there are some real fun moments. I think there's some depth, some tenderness, and some cerebral clarity wrapped in kind of the pessimistic, electronic, Afro-futuristic quagmire of bassy, dirty synths and bongo drums. The moment that transports me to another world is the final track. It's called 5349. It's named for the like time code within mm-hmm. the overall album. So this song, it starts with, with Donald kind of bursting out of the gate like a rabid dog, man. He's like adding this kind of over-the-top snarl to his verses. I think it's a lot of fun, um, and it's contrasted by the chorus, which is like this choir-backed, uplifting, almost gospel feeling. Um, and the, the lyrics of that chorus are, there is love in every moment under the sun. I did what I wanted to. And he just repeats that. There is love in every moment under the sun. Those verses, that kind of over-the-top, hyper-gritty feel, to me, it feels like Donald is just kind of having fun. He's playing a role. He's leaning into this kind of rapper stereotype almost. I think the bars, they're not particularly exceptional, uh, but I really don't think that's the point. I think he's going for a mood and and really um, setting a tone, really to illustrate a larger point with the contrast to the chorus, which is... I think he's telling the audience, do what you want to do, make your thing, and just kind of have fun while it lasts because nothing does, and recognize that love is kind of at the center of everything. I think this is what made Childish Gambino successful to begin with. He, he really did, in a lot of ways, kind of just do his own thing and really not give a shit about the critics or the haters. By the end, he was headlining major music festivals. Mm-hmm. That message and the way the end of the song swells with Gambino vocalizing wildly atop the choir's hopeful harmonies. Um, The heavy reverb on his vocals give the sense that he is far away and I can't help but picture him kind of sailing off into the sunset like a magical superfly Mary Poppins. (laughs) (laughs) And just like that, after what is possibly his final gift to us musically, with his final message of just do your thing, man, he's disappeared from our eyes and ears having bestowed that last lesson. Do your thing, do it how you want it, and try to love each other along the way. Beautiful, Nick. You're in story time mode. Well, that's the last one. The rest of it I'm going to be making up as I go. <laughs> so that's my pick for March. What's uh, What about you? Yeah, so March is another month where I didn't have a ton of uh, 
new releases that I loved, but there's a, a couple that I thought were great. I think the Dua Lipa album, Future Nostalgia, is just an album full of bangers. It's confident and cool, and it's uh, a great pop record. Uh, and then, so the, the one I do want to highlight, uh, though, as my favorite, was uh, an album by uh, Shabaka and the Ancestors called We Are Sent Here by History. So this is just a, a, a an ambitious, bold, spiritual jazz uh, album out of London. It includes a rhythmic South African band. That's who the, the ancestors are. And Shabaka Hutchings, the lead guy here, is a saxophonist from London, but he, he's in the bands The Comet Is Coming and Sons of Kemet. He's very prolific. He leads the crew here, and he's a part of a lot of really great projects, and this is another uh, another one that's pretty stellar. And the song that I chose was just uh, one called Behold the Deceiver. About a minute in, the tone kind of shifts. It picks up, and I, I don't have a ton to say about, about the song, but I wanted to highlight some of the instrumentation here. I think it's just really good. Some of this kind of falls in the the same vein as like uh, John Coltrane. I think of like a Love Supreme. It feels like it's I don't know. The message just feels big, and and there's that spiritual nature to it. It's really cool. So that is my March pick. Well, go ahead and go right into April. What do you got there? All right. So here's when things switch up a little bit. We said the rules kind of get a little weird around this time. So in April, I have uh, the. So the Strokes put out a, a new album called The New Abnormal, which is is much kind of like dancier than their previous releases, but I think it still has that Strokes DNA that we have come to love. Um, so I think it's a pretty solid release from them. Uh, there's a band from Oklahoma called Other Lives that I feel like is a pretty uh, underrated band. Their album released in April is called For Their Love. Definitely thinks it's an overlooked gem with kind of this grand orchestration. Think Spaghetti Western mixed with Fleet Foxes, and you'll have a pretty good idea of what this sounds like. It is very cinematic, and there's some cool videos that go along with this album. Another one I do want to highlight, and I want to have this as my April pick, is from a, an artist named Lido Pimienta. She is super awesome. She put out an album called Miss Columbia. This album's dramatic it's inventive it's super colorful uh it has elements of pop latin uh electronic and caribbean music it's very much comes from uh, she takes like traditional colombian music and uh pulls from that heritage and is creating music of her own in her own lane uh that adds a lot of electronic elements that uh, makes it just sound really fresh and unique and she is a polaris prize winner so she's or she lives in Canada and she won this Polaris Prize there. And yeah, just a super vibrant record. I think that the song I want to highlight is one called Te Queria. It has kind of that her island flair to it. It's a super, super cool track. Y yo, 
siembre la semilla, si regue la que tu plantabas tú sin mí. Once you see the album cover, I think the album cover is like perfectly translate to the vibe I get from from this uh, song. I'm looking at the album cover. Oh wow, that's dope. She's super special, and I I think this album is something you should definitely check out. Yeah, Nick, tell me about your April. Well, I mean, you already know. Listeners might not, but my April was a hundred percent consumed by Fiona Apple. Fetch the bolt cutters. Uh, I mean, it's by far my most listened to album of the year. And every time I play it, I'm just floored over and over again by what she's done here. I think her lyrical and musical gymnastics is great. I love the raw clarity of her poetry. I, I love the way that she interweaves all these different feelings, her vulnerability, her human, like, kind of carnal desires, wisdom that she's gained along the way, and her, like, anger and fury. I just, I think it contains multitudes. It's just stunning. I mean, it. I can't state highly enough how much I love this record. Yeah, I think you put that beautifully. I, I have that on my my uh, list as well. I wanted to highlight Lido's album, so I chose her, but um, I definitely feel like Fetch the Bolt Cutter's feels alive and specific and poignant occasionally jarring and dizzying but ultimately cathartic and unique uh, she has released all good albums at this point i loved her last one she's built a, a career of uh, really really solid releases and she's a special artist for sure at this point i just put under the table on there because i love the way that song starts off so if we were going to play something for the audience i was like oh that's fun but i love the different parts of that that track and the the lyrics on that i would beg to disagree but begging disagrees with me i would beg to disagree but begging disagrees with me i told you i didn't want to go to this dinner you know i don't go for those ones that you bother about so when they say something that makes me start to simmer, that fancy wine won't put this fire out. Oh, kick me under the table all you want. I won't shut up. I won't shut up. Yeah, those first, that first line is, is just, it floors me every time. It's such wonderful wordplay and so poignant. Totally. Is there a, a song that I'm... Yeah, I mean, honestly, man, that opening track, I Want You to Love Me, is just so good. I love how she sings perfectly fine on it, but, like, her voice is a little raspy. Like, it's just... It's almost like she's just decided to stand up and sort of shout these words into the ether. And I know none of this will matter in the long run, but I know a sound is still a sound around no much intimacy in it you know when she's talking about wanting somebody to want her but there's also these giant you know i know nothing matters in the long run and like like there's so much existentialism in it there's so much intimacy in it there's so much defiant just i want what i want she's she literally says that right like, mm -hmm. and the way the piano just kind of flutters around uh it's 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 just incredible well we agree on that nick for sure. <laughs> we agree on nothing else. <laughs> but we agree on that. All right. Um, 
What's your May looking like? Um, pass. Oh. <laughs> All right, here's the thing. I'm no, looking at your list. I can see it. <laughs> it's insane. And to be honest, I didn't have any picks. Like in February, I had very few options, and so I went and looked for some. In May, I'm looking at your list, so it's just like, all right, I'm not going to expend the effort. You can yeah, have, that's fair. You can that's take fair. all the time I asked you, need. you, begging disagrees with me, Nick, but I begged you <laughs> for some extra space on May, and you gave it to me. All right, so first, I want to highlight this really, really great release from uh, Natalia Laforcade. Uh, titled Un Canto por Mexico Volume 1. She is, I think, a truly special artist. I have this like sense of joy whenever I listen to her music that makes me want to just kind of put it on all the time. She's another artist that has a really, really great tiny desk. Uh, she has some really stunning videos on YouTube that I recommend going and uh, just checking out some of her music videos or live performances of these songs that she's kind of like made into these uh really cinematic engaging videos but this album i think is is really beautiful and feels very communal it's full of like mexican folk tunes and i've listened to this album quite a bit out loud in the apartment uh the yeah this one's for fans of the coco soundtrack if you like that soundtrack then i would I imagine do. you like this it's a, nice. um, she's actually on it, and she's the one who sang uh, with Miguel at the Oscars. She's lovely. So the song that I picked is actually not completely in the style that it, a lot of the other tracks are on the album, but I kind of want to live in the feeling of this song. It's just like pretty romantic, and I really love the, the duet on this album. <laughs> It's been a nice uh, reprieve from from the times. I just picture myself in a nice, uh, like maybe by a beach somewhere and with a breeze listening to this. God, that sounds so nice. <laughs> Going anywhere sounds so nice. God. This is a lot of Spanish that I only understand some of, uh, similar to Lido's album. And there's another album later on that I'll mention that's in French, but I've played all these albums a lot, and I think that they totally deserve a listen. Even if you don't understand all the words, you can definitely feel the, uh, feel the, the tone and atmosphere of these songs and understand a lot of the, the content. Then moving on, Car Seat Headrest put out an album called Making a Door Less Open, which I thought was pretty underrated. Uh, definitely flawed, but had some brilliant moments on there. Carly Rae Jepsen had an album dedicated Side B, which I think is full of infectious summer jams. There was a really great uh, Hooked on Pop, Switched on Pop. There's an episode of Switched on Pop featuring her. Oh, really? That, yeah, that they, they kind of dug into detail on a lot of these tracks and how she built them and oh wow i've heard them. it it's good yeah i'll, I'll put it in the show notes because it's definitely worth checking out nice yeah i'd love to uh i'd love to check that out I'll also as someone we're both familiar with uh was hanif uh adura Keeb, and he has uh written about carly several times in brilliant ways but always always willing to shout him out Anyways, I think this is a crazy good collection of, of B-sides. It's um, crazy. These are just B-sides, but there you go. 
Uh, Jeff Rosenstock, who's a favorite of mine, put out an album called No Dream. Um, this is like just an energetic pop punk surprise album that's uh, just super relatable. It captures the kind of anxieties uh, that we share in this moment, and um, and he has over his pet like his really all his releases kind of share this like it always feels super relatable it always feels like there's this i don't i don't know if it's necessarily apathetic but it has a sort of feeling running through that but there's always like also this feeling of hope and energy and fun that he kind of has on these records that kind of slices through that sense of uh you know, apathy or disappointment or whatever. There's a the last track on the the album's called Ohio Turnpike. Uh, I think it's just a great a great track and a, a super great closer to a lot of the themes that are found on this album. He's a really, really fun artist to see live. Just one of those audiences that have to feel like a you're part of a community when you're watching this. Really, really solid release from him and probably one of my favorites of his albums and never never seems to disappoint, so check that one out. Um, the next few I'm gonna roll through pretty quick here. The Charlie XCX album, How I'm Feeling Now, is just full of pop experimental bangers that I enjoyed Freddie Gibbs released an album called Alfredo that was a uh, collab between him and The Alchemist that is, you know, sometimes laid back, sometimes brooding. And I think it's one of the better uh, rap album releases this year. Moses Sumney put out a pretty stunning record uh, that he kind of released in parts, but first part earlier in the year. And then uh, the whole album in May called Grey. It's epic. It's adventurous. Um, there's sublime vocals on here, and Moses is just a musical genius, so uh, definitely check that out. And then my highlight of the month. Um, oh, <laughs> this is your highlight. <laughs> uh, there was there was multiple highlights there, so but this was my my grand finale highlight. Uh, was the Perfume Genius record set my heart on fire immediately? I knew I was gonna love this record, knowing who worked on it, and I loved his last record, but it's. A deeply personal record with immaculate production. There's a wide range of sounds and textures on here. Uh, it just feels like it's bursting with creativity and care. Blake Mills produces record. He's a favorite artist of mine. In his production, always, I just it's instantly recognizable, and I love all of the kind of intricate textures he's kind of obsessed with. He produced sound and color as well, and it, it has that same quality to it. Sound and color by Alabama Shakes. Pino Palladino, bassist you might know from the uh, that John guy 
What's his name? Oh, you mean John Mayer of oh, the John Mayer Trio? Yeah, yeah, that guy. <laughs> and for many others. Never heard of him. <laughs> including D'Angelo. But he, he plays bass on uh, several tracks on this album. Ethan Gruska is featured on here as well. Uh, Phoebe Bridgers, too. It's just so well-crafted. Some happy tears on this this record, too. But the, the song I want to highlight is called uh, Nothing At All. It kind of starts out with this distorted guitars but this like kind of like pounding backbeat it the song kind of builds and builds to where the first chorus is bigger than this verse part or kind of shifts a bit but then the second time the chorus comes around it turns into this kind of like much bigger production and uh i just yeah i think the songwriting on this and the song itself is just pretty incredible So I'll be honest with you. I tried on four separate occasions to get into this album and I just, it's like I hit a wall. I don't know. It was perfectly fine. <laughs> but I, I just, it's just like it just never, something never clicked or never connected with me. And right. Maybe it's because I didn't just sit down and only focus on the music like I was doing stuff around the house or whatever, but I just... So, I don't know. I don't know what why I couldn't get into. It's fair. Uh, maybe try um, going back a bit. His sound has evolved quite a bit, and I think that's been a really cool thing to see and start with some of the earlier albums and see how that sound has gotten kind of bigger and more uh, more his own maybe. But it's uh, I don't know. I I've still I love it so. Check it out if you haven't. Let's I'll give go. it another shot. <laughs> I was talking to the audience there. I know you've checked it out. You... I know. I know. <laughs> um, all right, Nick, here we go. Here's June. Here's here's your platform. Go for it. Yeah, well, and I don't have... I have several on my list, but I, I really don't have a lot to say about most of them. First, Run the Jewels 4. I think it is one of their stronger albums, although I haven't spent quite enough time with it. There are a handful of tracks that were just like immediate bangers that I was all about. There's more that I need to dig into, though, but I thought it was really good. Yeah, I I feel the same. Sorry, to I don't want to interrupt, but I just want to say that it is not on my list here, but that I recognize it's great and I just haven't spent enough time with it, but some of the, the tracks floored me up front i listened to it a couple times the first couple days it came out and i've just been on to to other stuff but it's it's powerful and definitely worth worth checking out absolutely the next one salt untitled parentheses black is we've talked about it on another episode so i'm not going to spend really any real time on it but it is a pretty stunning work of music about revolution in a time where I think a revolution is happening and a revolution is what we need and is really, really incredible. I listened to it four times and it just didn't connect with me. <laughs> You're a liar. 
I know you can listen to that. Uh, one thing to note though is that salt is spelled S A U L T for the the listeners in case you're you're searching for this and are, are only finding uh you know table salt results or something. <laughs> I also haven't spent a ton of time with, but so far have really enjoyed Chloe and Hallie's Ungodly Hour. I think that they are very impressive young songwriters, singers, and producers. They self-produced most of this album, and it is pretty great. They're kind of protégés of Beyonce, and you see a lot of that influence in their music, and that's probably a big reason why I like it. I also hear a little bit of Solange in the stuff they do, and uh, I think they're awesome. And then finally, if Fetch the Bolt Cutters is the end-all be-all for me so far in the year, then right after that would be Phoebe Bridger's Punisher. I just think this album rules. I have now listened a little bit to her previous work, but but hadn't really. And I, I love her songwriting. I really adore the way that she uses small phrases so poetically in her songwriting. Um, the Garden Song, which is the, the one that I would feature, uh, you know, she, she keeps coming back to this phrase, there must be something in the water, and using it different ways really beautifully. I don't know when you got taller See our reflection in the water Off the bridge at the Huntington I hopped the fence when I was 17 Then I totally agree this is a sophomore release from her i think it's an excellent one uh to me it has more variety than than her first release offered and there's a the maturity i think really shines through here and it's in her songwriting and um yeah it just has exquisite songwriting and instrumentation uh and production throughout i think it's fun to see kind of these different la musicians collaborating on each other's albums and stuff because again here we have um i think christian lee hudson had a a great album that he he put out earlier but he's uh on this with phoebe and ethan who we've mentioned several times as well i think blake put out a a good album this year and then also ethan's album in jan back in january but it's just it's cool to see they all kind of had releases in the first half of the year and worked on each other's projects and i thought they all all were great what else do you have for june Um, Okay, well, my June uh, also has salt in it. I think that that's just a timely masterpiece um, with a powerful message. And you can, again, catch us talking about that on our March podcast episode, discussing the the March uh, comic book series. There's a band called Hum that released an album called Inlet that is the heaviest album of the bunch here in the first half. It's pretty shoegazy and distorted and uh but but it's uh melodic at the same time so there's i don't know it's a surprisingly great album from a band that hasn't released an album in 20 years uh so i would check that out uh the phoebe's is on on mine as well but then the two that i i want to highlight here was a kind of a recent discovery for me um a girl named chloe pelgag she is a French Canadian artist who put out a gorgeous record. I don't know how to say the whole name of this album, but Notre Dame is the first two words. So we're going to go 
with that but um it's really dramatic has some very fun elements to it but it's also haunting and has these kind of like fantasy like parts to it i don't know i think of like sia like taking some of sia and some of someone like billy eilish and kind of like her songs that kind of veer into the jester funhouse kind of vibe i guess i don't know some of this is described as baroque pop I think this is a really gorgeous record and she has her past releases I've also dug into and I think they're great. This album's in, in French, but the song that I wanted to highlight from it is called Remora. I just think it's a special album and I love the uh, the album cover of this as well. The last song I want to highlight is by an artist I really like and I think that she uh, is a bit underappreciated. Like I feel like she should be kind of all over the the radio, um, but it's Jessie Ware. She put out an al- album called What's Your Pleasure? Um, this is a dancey, nocturnal, 80s-infused album uh, that just is full of jams that will make you want to go out and dance your travels away so bad. Like, it's, <laughs> it is, uh, I don't know, every time I, I turn this on, I'm like, damn, it would be cool to be at this, like, 80s-influenced uh, you know, club or whatever space and just having a great time dancing the night away to these tracks. I sent my mom some of these and she's, she it reminded her of her uh, earlier days and she loved it. So <laughs> anyways, to all, all the moms out there, check this out. This song called Soul Control. it's just a a really dope mature pop r&b record which also has a super fun music video that's very reminiscent of like janet jackson yeah i mean it reminds me uh, it's it's different but the tennis album that i mentioned earlier also has kind of a throwback feel and is it's more of like a bedroom pop it's more sleepy but the the tennis album is but it definitely is something that i wish i could put on late at night and drive around which i guess i technically could like covid doesn't stop me from driving but it's just like <laughs> you know you just don't leave the house as much yeah i just thought this would uh also be a fun song to, to take us out and uh end on a a super dancey, uplifting note that I hope everyone is able to uh, dance to wherever they're listening. I love it. So before before we we get taken out by this super dancey track, I just want to highlight there's not a ton to look forward to, Nick. I don't know what's getting pushed back and all that stuff because we you got the news of uh, Tenet getting pushed back 
or not even pushback, but just a big unknown, a big question mark now. We're um, never going to see that movie. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of how I feel about everything. But there are yeah. set dates for three albums besides like the usual Kendricks, Franks, you know, the people that have no set dates or albums. They could drop f- something at any point. Right. And are due, you know, due for an album. Uh, all of those, of course, are at. If when they drop, I I go nuts and we'll listen to that for a week straight. But Sufjan Stevens, Idols, and Sylvanesso, all bands and artists that I love, are all releasing albums on September 25th. So that's going to be a big day for me. At the time of recording this, Beyonce's visual album has not come out. But by the time we released it, depending on how we've got a couple things coming out um, that We'll have already. Well, we haven't touched on anything from July, and we'll do that later anyway. So, um, yeah, I'd yeah, love I to... don't, I don't have anything I'm looking forward to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love to uh, to cover some the July releases. There's there's several that uh, that I'm already liking quite a bit, and that would be a fun podcast. And I'm excited to keep this train a moving, Nick. It's been fun. Well, let's pull this train into the station, and uh, that's and that's the best transition out. you've had all night. <laughs> oh, finally, he gets one. He's, uh, he's one for ten from the free throw line. I had fun. I had fun too. I like music, and I like talking to you. <laughs> let's do it again. We'll see. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I got to shoot we better will. than ten percent from the line, dude. I got to. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Happy Tears. Happy Tears is produced by Nick Melita and Brandon Henry. Uh, you can find more information at happytearspod.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Happy Tears Podcast, Twitter at Happy Tears Pod. Uh, there's a Facebook page that's just Happy Tears Podcast that you can like. And you can go on, make sure you subscribed on Apple Podcasts or follow us on, on Spotify, I suppose. But the, uh, the reviews really come in handy on the Apple Podcasts. So if you could do that, it would be super, super swell. In the meantime, um, please reach out. We would love to hear what music you've been into in the last six months uh, and, and what you're looking forward to. Original theme music by Homage. You can find him at youtube.com slash homagebeats and also on Instagram at homagebeats. Uh, so we've got a nice little Spotify playlist running called Happy Tears Mixtape. We throw some dope jams on there for your enjoyment. Uh, songs that we cover here on the podcast and from albums that we have talked about or recommended. So we also will be making a playlist of the songs that we covered today as well as um some of the songs that we didn't cover but from albums that we mentioned um i don't have a name for that yet but right now the tentative name is uh happy half year tears and so we'll see if it sticks what if we just called it happy tears (laughs) (laughs) that's also good i just there was part of me that like this it was happy half and then right. year tears rhymes of course i get that yeah but we could we could try happy tears for sure it's gonna be a good one so either way <laughs> i suppose that'll do it for another episode of happy tears farewell, farewell.